On June 23, 2023, the Russian city of Rostov-on-Don briefly fell out of control of the Russian government. The city was seized by the Wagner Group, a private military corporation led by Russian restaurateur-turned-oligarch Yevgeny Prigozhin. The Rostov-on-Don confrontation was the start of a rebellion by the Wagner Group, one that would result in the deaths of two Wagner mercenaries and as many as 29 Russian army soldiers. The revolt was the climax of months of tension between Prigozhin and Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu over Shoigu and the Russian military's disastrous mishandling of the Russo-Ukrainian War. Once a steadfast supporter of the invasion of Ukraine, Prigozhin expressed opposition to the war once the Wagner Group rebellion began, leading Russian President Vladimir Putin to label Prigozhin a traitor and launch criminal proceedings against him. The situation was diffused the next day on June 24, 2023, when Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko brokered a truce between the Wagner Group and the Russian military. As a private military corporation, the Wagner Group is an example of perhaps the most terrifyingly fascinating phenomenon in modern warfare. PMCs are exactly what they sound like, private corporations offering armed combat services in exchange for compensation. From MSF in Metal Gear Solid to Atlas Corporation in Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, PMCs are a cornerstone of military-related pop culture. Besides the Wagner Group, arguably the most famous PMC in the world is Constellus Holdings, an American corporation that previously operated as a PMC under the name Blackwater. Blackwater, which began receiving contracts from the U.S. military after Al-Qaeda's 2000 suicide attack on the USS Cole, provided soldiers for hire to the Department of Defense and the CIA throughout the Iraq War. The PMC industry is believed to rake in a total of $100 billion a year in spite of the fact that PMCs have been illegal under international law since the 2001 passage of the United Nations Mercenary Convention. Although PMCs are believed to have originated in 1965 with the founding of British company KAS Enterprises, there is a much older phenomenon of private guns for hire in the form of mercenaries. Simply put, a mercenary, also known as a soldier of fortune, is a soldier who fights in exchange for money. Mercenaries have been around since the days of ancient Greece, and while they are today primarily found as members of private military corporations, they operated independently for millennia beforehand. Both PMCs and independent mercenaries have regularly been involved in wartime misconduct throughout history. The Wagner Group is notorious for its alleged war crimes during its operations in Ukraine, Syria, and the Central African Republic, with their trademark crime in all of these countries being executions by sledgehammer. In 2007, Blackwater Mercs carried out the Nisor Square Massacre, in which 17 unarmed Iraqi civilians were shot to death in Baghdad. 
Five of the perpetrators were tried and imprisoned for their involvement, although one was released from prison after a year and the other four were pardoned by U.S. President Donald Trump in 2020. As I mentioned in the Bougainville conflict episode, the PMC Sandline International came under fire in 1997 when it was revealed that they were being paid by the government of Papua New Guinea rather than the actual Papua New Guinean military. As for individual mercenaries, Liberian Swedish merc Jackie Arklov has perhaps the most bizarre story of criminal conduct. At the age of 19, Arklov joined the Croatian military as a mercenary during the Yugoslav Wars, and he is believed to have committed major war crimes, including torture and murder, against Bosnian civilians. After returning to Sweden, Arklov, despite being black, joined a neo-Nazi cell and was involved in the murder of two police officers during a bank robbery. For these murders and his crimes in Bosnia, Arklov was sentenced to life in prison in 2006. The Anglo-Irish merc Thomas Michael Hoare, nicknamed Mad Mike, had perhaps more a dignified wrongdoing streak. In 1981, Hoare led a group of mercenaries, backed by South Africa, in an attempted coup d'etat against the government of Seychelles. The coup failed, and Hoare was sentenced to 10 years in prison, being released in under three years. Another mercenary, however, was even more successful, ruling over an entire country. I'm going to tell you all about him, right now, on Historia Obscura. Welcome to Historia Obscura. This is the 92nd episode of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Special thank you to Patreon subscribers Barbara, Cameron Sherman, David Kahn, Lisa Chase, and Tom. If you want to receive a shout-out in every episode, among other benefits, help support this podcast by going to patreon.com slash historiaobscura and becoming a patron. One more thing, make sure to stick around for a little to hear a message about the sponsor of this episode of Historia Obscura, Spotify for Podcasters. If you want to make your own podcast, you'll want to know everything about how to use Spotify for Podcasters. Bob Denard was born Gilbert Bourgeaud on April 7, 1929, in the Cléan l'Hôpital commune of Gironde, France. From the time he was young, Denard knew he wanted to join the military. He began his military career at the age of 18 when he enlisted in the French Navy. Denard served during the First Indochina War before being discharged in 1952 and getting a job as a police officer in French-administered Morocco, where he converted to Judaism. During his time fighting against the Viet Minh during the First Indochina War, Denard had developed staunch anti-communist and French nationalist beliefs. He was therefore outraged when he learned that the left-leaning French government was negotiating a French withdrawal from Indochina and North Africa. Denard allegedly began planning an assassination attempt against French Prime Minister Pierre Mendes France. The plan was quickly uncovered, and in 1954, Denard was sentenced to 14 months in prison. 
After serving his time, Denard briefly worked as a washing machine salesman in Paris before taking a job with the French secret intelligence services. He proceeded to assist covert French operations in Algeria during the ongoing Algerian War of Independence. By the start of the 1960s, it was clear that France was on the verge of losing control over Algeria, so Denard decided to leave the French military and follow a different path. He set out to become a mercenary. In December of 1961, Denard took a job as a soldier under the famous French mercenary Roger Falx, who had himself been contracted by Congolese businessman Mose Chombe to lead the military of the state of Katanga. With the assistance of CIA director Alan Dulles, a graduate of Princeton University in New Jersey, Chombe had ordered the assassination of Congolese Prime Minister Patrice Lumumba. As one of Falk's soldiers, Denard fought against Congolese troops and United Nations peacekeepers before Katangan forces collapsed in January of 1963. This was the start of Denard's decades-long mercenary career. After providing security services to colonial forces in Portuguese Angola, Bob Denard traveled to North Yemen in 1963 to fight as a mercenary on behalf of the Western-backed Yemeni monarchy against Soviet-backed Arab nationalist forces. The North Yemen civil war ended in an Arab nationalist victory, leading to the removal of the royal family from power and the creation of the Yemen Arab Republic. Luckily for Denard, long before the war ended, he received a call from his old friend Moise Chombe. Chombe had taken power as Congolese prime minister and wished to hire Denard to lead a private army against left-wing rebels. Denard accepted, but Chombe was deposed for good in 1965. Nonetheless, Denard launched a failed invasion of the Congo on behalf of Chombe, consisting of 100 soldiers on bicycles, in which he was wounded and had to be medevac to Rhodesia. He spent the late 1960s as a merc for Biafra during the Nigerian Civil War and a security contractor for the government of Gabon, before launching a failed coup against Benin's communist government in the mid-1970s. After joining the Seven Independent Company, a French-speaking unit of the Rhodesian Army, Denard carried out the most successful military operation of his life. On May 13, 1978, Denard and 50 mercenaries invaded the Comoros, an African island nation which was then led by the socialist president Ali Swali. Swali's defenders were the Mwasi, an unsupervised and extremely unpopular youth militia commanded by a 15-year-old boy. Denard's men killed hundreds of Mwasi fighters in hours without taking a single casualty themselves. The same night, Denard kicked down the door to Swali's palace bedroom and informed him that he had been overthrown. Swali, who was busy smoking marijuana and watching pornography with three nude teenage girls, was reportedly so inebriated that Denard had to explain several times that Swali was no longer the leader of the Comoros. Denard had become the most powerful man in the country.
Bob Denard's coup d'etat in the Comoros was the work of Ahmed Abdallah, a former president of the Comoros who wished to reclaim power from Ali Swali. Abdallah would be made president again, but in practice, this was just a ceremonial role. Abdallah was merely a puppet of Denard, who was made the leader of Abdallah's presidential guard. Just over two weeks after the coup, Swali was shot and killed under mysterious circumstances. According to Denard, Swali was killed while attempting to escape from his house arrest, although it is more widely believed that he was assassinated to tie up loose ends. Denard, meanwhile, went about making the Comoros his own personal fiefdom. He had already had the support of the French government, which saw potential in the Comoros acting as a middleman for trade with South Africa, which was under embargo due to apartheid. Within a couple years, Denard became the largest single landowner in the Comoros, having taken over land that he would develop into luxury hotels for Western tourists. Denard also used the Comoros as a logistical base for his mercenary endeavors, as he continued to oversee private military operations in Mozambique and Angola. Additionally, Denard reportedly developed a more personal attachment to the Comoros, marrying a Comorian woman and converting to Islam. Abdallah, however, feared Denard's power and propensity towards violence, and so he allegedly made plans to fire Denard from his leadership of the presidential guard. On November 26, 1989, Abdallah was brutally murdered in a suspicious incident that also resulted in Denard being seriously wounded. A couple weeks later, over 11 years after he first took power, Denard voluntarily left the Comoros for France, where he was arrested on suspicion of having Abdallah assassinated. The next day, Saeed Mohamed Johar, Swali's half-brother, took power in the Comoros. The murder charges against Denard were dropped due to a lack of evidence, but viewing Denard as an international embarrassment, the French government allowed the Comorian government to prohibit Denard from ever stepping foot in the archipelago again. Denard, however, refused to take no for an answer. On September 27, 1995, Denard and three other mercenaries landed in the Comoros on inflatable speedboats. This was Operation Cascari, Denard's final coup d'etat. Bob Denard and his men quickly overwhelmed the forces of Saeed Mohammed Johar, and Johar was captured and detained by the mercenaries. Denard began to create a civilian puppet government while simultaneously trying to re-establish his presidential guard. Upon learning of Operation Kaskari, the French government was outraged. French President Jacques Chirac authorized French special forces to travel to the Comoros and take out Denard once and for all in a mission codenamed Operation Azali. Knowing that the French government would do this, Denard built machine gun posts manned by roughly 300 fighters around the coastlines and airstrips of the Comoros, planning to greet French forces with a shower of gunfire. On October 3rd, 1995, six days after Denard had retaken power, approximately 600 GIGN paratroopers landed in the Comoros. Operation Azali did not go as intended, however. 
Rather than putting up a fierce resistance, Denard ordered his men to lay down their arms, and he was quickly captured by GIGN forces. Denard spent 10 months in a Paris jail before being released on bail. Back in France, Denard changed his religion for the third and final time, converting back to his birth religion, Roman Catholicism. At his trial for the 1995 coup, Denard's lawyers argued that the French government's past support for Denard's activities in the Comoros demonstrated that he had not committed a crime. Nevertheless, in July of 2007, Denard was convicted and sentenced to four years in prison. This sentence was suspended on compassionate grounds as Denard was experiencing the last stages of Alzheimer's disease at the time. Denard lived out his last few months in his Paris home before dying of Alzheimer's disease complications at the age of 78 on October 14, 2007. Although his questionable moral record has been a subject of criticism ever since, Denard holds the distinction of being the only mercenary in modern history to rule over a country. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Historia Obscura. I really enjoyed writing it. If you want to suggest an episode of Historia Obscura, send me a voice message at podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash Historia Obscura slash message. Feel free to leave your name and location, and if I like your idea, I'll make an episode of it and give you credit. Additionally, if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash Historia Obscura and become a patron. And of course, I can't go without once again thanking this episode's sponsor, Spotify for Podcasters. They are by far the easiest way to make a podcast, so if you want to make your own, go to spotify.com slash podcasters. With that said, this is Jack from Historia Obscura, signing off, but not for long.